Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. I'm so excited to bring uh, to the microphones here at 429 State Street, our Kingdom Financial Group studios here. Jerry Weiss, former reporter for the Erie Times News and all-around movie guru. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joel. I'm thrilled to be here. We've been we've been talking about this for at least a year and a half, two years Absolutely. in the run-up. I'm not going to uh, uh, bleed out the topic yet. Yes. And no pun intended on the words I just used. <laughs> but... You'll see why that matters, but I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. We we are here to talk about the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, uh, 1972, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Mario Puzo book, and um, it is, let, just to encapsulate it, for an Italian-American, for a Sicilian-American kid like me, th- this, is the, this is the prime, di- not prime directive, but the prime piece of artwork this is what we all hearken to i mean it really is and we were talking earlier about what gave birth to goodfellas what gave birth to sopranos and for a lot of folks you know the sopranos is their godfather but there would be no tony soprano um without the godfather there would be no sopranos family without the corleones um it's amazing when you think about how we're talking March 1972 when The Godfather comes out, Godfather 1, in theaters, and it became an immediate hit. And if you think about the time when it came out, I believe it cost $8 million to make that movie, and worldwide it made somewhere north of $275 million. Is that right? So if you wonder, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, who made the film, he didn't even need his wineries after that uh, for money. He made enough plenty just off of that. But it hit on all levels. You know, when you talk about critical acclaim, awards, box office, and the fact that 50 years later uh, we're talking about it and talking about its reverence and its everlasting um, uh, moments uh, is a beautiful thing. It, it really is. I, I, I still think, Star Wars fans aside, that uh, for cinema, uh, the Godfa- Godfather is the pop culture king uh, when it comes to movies. I don't think anything can touch it, uh, especially the first two Godfathers. Let's start with the story. And Mario Puzo writes this book. And he, I don't know much about Puzo. He, he was, he was a short story writer here and there, but you know, he wasn't this uh, major successful uh, novelist, but then he kind of jumps on some of his personal experience, but with a lot of research and creates this story about the Cordelion family and uh, Don Cordelion, Vito Cordelion, and his, his, uh, you know, coming out of Sicily to come to America and so on. Uh, I I remember again as a small kid. I was ten years old. I remember the book kind of being generating some anxiety in folks in the Italian American community. They didn't know how that would make folks be portrayed. Yeah, and it came out. What we're talking a few years before the movie did in '72, and uh, in the wrong hands, 
I do think that the movie could have been um, a, stere- a stereotypical disaster yeah. uh, in portrayal of not just mobsters, uh, but also of whatever um, generation of Italian-American life you, you choose. Well, you um, remember that how they used to depict Italians in the movies. Right. It was kind of this very, it was pretty racist, some, some of the portrayals. 100%. Uh, it know. was. And um, thankfully, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, in the right hands, you know, is able to craft um, a decades-long arc of this family where uh, Vito Andolini, you know, comes over at turn of the century, you know, and a lot of folks, you know, I'm a native New Yorker, and, you know, I didn't live too far from the Statue of Liberty and, you know, the scene of of immigrants coming over by boat and passing the Statue of Liberty and ending up on Ellis Island in 1900 was a very real thing. And to the point where Vito, little Vito Andolini is uh, mistaken uh, by name and he is from Corleone and thus he is named Vito Corleone, which gives birth to the Corleone family. And Coppola was able to tell, you know, this beautiful uh, story about a family mm-hmm. uh, and also about the you know rise and fall and rise again of of a mafia family in the heart of what you could call you know 1920s America right on through uh, to the 40s 50s 60s both New York both Nevada as the story especially Godfather 2 uh, shows us Godfather 1 likes to stick to a certain time frame. Uh, Godfather 2 does take us uh, back and forth in time from turn of the century. uh, Young Vito comes over by boat uh, to Michael, his youngest son and leader of the family in basically 1960s Nevada. Um, Both first two movies about as epic as any movie has ever been made. They they really are epic. I, I'm thinking about the the structure of the family when you think about it. So you have you have the the story where where we open in Godfather One uh, for this tradition of of asking favors on the occasion of the Godfather's daughter's marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, how wild is that, right? That's great. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and 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 some of the some of the great imagery of what's happening in the Godfather's office uh, with the uh, what was it the the baker or the you know I mean just some some yeah, the yeah, Undertaker the, yeah, the Undertaker who then shows up later after yes. Sonny uh, James the late great James Caan yeah. uh, is killed in the movie and you know as as Marlon Brando who plays Vito says you know you know one day I'm gonna call upon you. <laughs> That's, I, I don't know if I could You're do that. Good. I don't know if I should do that again. But yes, you know, you no, have but the I mean, he, he, you know, he 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 kind of he kind of says, you know, uh, he he kind of says, "You're gonna owe me something here." The singer who I believe yeah. is kind of uh, believed to be a Frank Sinatra. Yeah, there's type a lot of well. controversy online about all. A that. lot of controversy about yeah. that. What's true? What's not? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, the wedding scene and the people coming to uh to brando uh really sets the tone for the entire franchise uh but there's that scene and you know they they have them in each film you know the uh 
the big the big scene where you know you have lots of people and the big discussions and and the little discussions and the big moment and that's really where Coppola you know Coppola thrives on small things inside of large events um, not to talk about Apocalypse Now but he did it in Apocalypse really? Now okay. as well where he's able to just give you something small in the large scope of Vietnam uh, be it with Brando's character, mm-hmm. uh, be it with you know Martin Sheen, who very slowly is uh, kind of falling into the depths of hell uh, out there. You know, this is why, again, when things fall in the right hands, you know Francis Ford Coppola, good things happen. You know, you take a look at the cast of yeah. uh, of The Godfather. I mean, what are we talking about? We have Marlon Brando, arguably. Uh, the greatest actor of all time. We have Robert De Niro, who plays the young Vito in Godfather 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not Brando, De Niro is considered arguably the greatest actor of all time. You have Al Pacino. Uh, you have Duval. Um, you've got, you know, James Caan. You have, uh, you know, the, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, yeah. You know, there are uh, Lee Strasberg, uh, who is in Godfather 2, who is kind of like the method acting guru who <laughs> taught people how to how to character act. You have one of my favorite actors of the 70s, John Cazale. Oh, sure. You know, uh, Fredo. Who, who plays the, the forlorn Fredo. Yeah. And, you know, you look at, I mean, to me, the 70s is the greatest decade ever for movies. And, you know, John Cazale is in like all the great movies of the mm, 70s. Mm-hmm. He's in Godfather 1, he's in Godfather 2, he's in um he's in uh The Deer Hunter. Uh he's in The Conversation, which is uh, Coppola did as well. Um he's in Dog Day Afternoon with Pacino. Right. Uh you know, and uh, and sadly uh Cazal's life was cut short very young. Um mm. you know, but you look at this acting group that is put together. Um, you know, Duval alone is one of the greatest actors no doubt. of wow. all time, and very underrated. And he's probably you know fifth best in <laughs> The Godfather, right. uh, yeah. which is amazing. I, I do have to note, you know, De Niro, who I who I absolutely love. If you look on De Niro for a six year span, beginning with Godfather Two in uh, 74 he's in godfather 2 he's in taxi driver he's in the deer hunter and then raging bull in 1980 four years in a six-year span he wins two oscars two of those movies win best picture all four are nominated for best picture i'm going to go on a limb and say that is and always will be the greatest six-year stretch of any actor in film history. That's amazing. It won't be touched. That's amazing. In his prime. Wow. So I mean that that that's the caliber of the actors. There there's a moment in the story I w- I want to ask you about. Uh, and again it's still at that uh, that 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 wedding scene when we when we when we meet Al Pacino as Michael. And this is just my novice uh you know getting drawn into the movie thing but I'm rooting for Michael to stay clean. What do you think, Jerry? Do you feel like 
that you knew that he was going to go to the dark side uh, it, to become a mobster like his his uh, Sibs and his dad? I mean, that's the that's the great uh, Shakespearean way of telling stories is, you know, Michael is the war hero. Michael is the good kid. You know, Michael has the teacher, Diane Keaton, that he's going to get married to. You know, Michael's got his father and and his brother, Sonny. They're trying they, to protect they him. They want to protect him and keep him out of the family business, you know, and he's the youngest son. And in, in amazing how then the youngest son, the good son, inevitably becomes the most cutthroat of them all, uh, you know, to the point where Michael, you know, has his own brother killed yeah. in Fredo. Yeah. Um, you know, when he tells Fredo. Spoiler alert. Right. If, well, <laughs> yeah. and again, if, if, if you, you haven't, if you seen, haven't seen 48 of these movies, please turn your, <laughs> turn your volume down. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you root for uh, Michael to not go to the dark side, but like all good Shakespearean drama, you know, he needs to go there and, you know, he needs to fall from there. And that's what makes the story so good, you know, that makes the story so real that as much as his father tried to protect him, you know, he, he, he just couldn't. And not only does he not protect him, but he becomes such a different Don mm -hmm. than his dad was. His dad was more of a understanding Don, a Don who would rather work together with others with than, the other families, than yeah. kill all the other family leaders, yeah. which Michael inevitably does um, to a, a, a great degree. We're going to take our pause here. We're talking to Jerry Weiss. It's the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. We thought it would be a fun uh, way to plug into uh, Jerry's uh, absolute encyclopedic knowledge about the movies, and especially these, uh, these uh, you know, real classic movies here. Our movie guru, Jerry Weiss, is with us here on the Joel Natale program, and uh, we're talking about the 50th anniversary of the godfather and jerry th th this great series on Par paramount the offer talks about kind of the creating of the godfather and just some of the people that coppola was able to attract to the the filmmaking al ruddy being the producer of course ruddy was the one who got coppola right uh after he convinced paramount to take take the picture um but uh cinematography the set design the talk about all that stuff because it's really is off the charts. It's gorgeous. off the charts. Every scene is like a postcard. Uh, Gordon Willis, the uh, great cinematographer, um, did the Godfather films uh, and worked, I believe, exclusively with Coppola a lot. He did a lot of Woody Allen's films as mm -hmm. well. And a lot of Woody's work, you'll see, also takes on a lot of just postcard beautiful images of New York City. Um, you know, the cinematography is in itself, it's a character. And great movies know how to do that. Uh, take even the theme of The Godfather, the well-known score. Mm -hmm. That too, in a way, is a character. 
you know, movies have a way of doing that. Uh, there was a movie about 20 years ago called The Hours. Uh, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman. It was based off a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. Um, you know, Philip Glass did the music for that. The score is so compelling that it becomes its own character. It tells its own story with the music. Um, There's very few scores. Uh, I mean, apart from a John Williams Star Wars score that that uh, you know, has the kind of uh, narrative in our brains. It, it they're, you know, they're wormholes. You know, the 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 love the love theme mm-hmm. from The Godfather. I mean, yeah. you'll hear every every Italian wedding you'd ever go to. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it, Italian or not. It's mm-hmm. it is it, and. That's amazing for it to stand the test of time. How about the how about the New York scenes and and actually casting some members of the families mm-hmm. at, for minor roles, including Luca Brazzi was an actual Colombo guy. Luca Brazzi, <laughs> who I believe still sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> yes, I think he does. Unfortunately for Luca, um, yeah. The New York scenes again. You know, I'm a born and raised Lower East Side uh, guy, uh, Manhattan, New York City. You know, my bedroom view was of the Twin Towers. I lived about a mile away from Little Italy, uh, the San Gennaro Festival. There's a lot of scenes in both Godfathers that I'm very familiar with where they shot. And then there's just a lot of old-time New York that Coppola just brilliantly is able to um, portray and this is, you know, there's no CGI going on mm, here. There's, mm-hmm. there, this is between uh, their set design, uh, whatever wardrobes they had, um, automobiles they used, uh, filters that they used on the camera to give some of those turn-of-the-century scenes that fuzzy kind of look. Uh, just, just masterful, you know, and the fact here we are 50 years later, and we're talking about it. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, You've Got Mail. Absolutely. Where Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, where Tom Hanks's character says, you know, everything always comes down to the Godfather. You know, everything comes down in one way or another. You know, life's lessons, good, bad, or ugly, come down to what we learn from the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, most people who love the Godfather who have seen the movie once, twice, ten times, even though both movies are three hours. And again, I I keep saying the two movies. I don't want to shortchange right. Godfather 3. It actually, in hindsight, is not as bad as it was made out to be not back in bad. the 90s. Not as bad. So you have Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 come out in 72 and 74. Both win the Academy Award Best Picture. Godfather 2, still to this day, is the only sequel ever to win Best Picture Oscar. Wow. Uh, 1990, Coppola does Godfather 3, and if the first two movies were never, ever made, it would have been still considered a good film. However, the first two movies not only were made, mm-hmm. but are on the Mount Rushmore of movies, and, uh, and you know, Coppola then casts his daughter uh, in a key role after uh, Winona Ryder had pulled out, 
And, uh, of course, his daughter, Sofia Coppola, ends up in her own right years later becoming a great filmmaker, uh, won an Oscar for Lost in Translation, which if none of you have seen, it's an excellent film with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. But uh, I don't want people to think we're not shortchanging entirely Godfather 3, but there is a pecking order. And, uh, Joel, this is an interesting question. I always bring up, you know, what movie do people like more, Godfather 1 or Godfather 2? And it's a hard question right? because they're both so amazing. Um, do you have your favorite? I, 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 do like the, I do like the original better because I get lost with the, with the flashbacks, although it is so cool to get the comprehensive story mm-hmm. that the Godfather 2 flashbacks give you. You know, so, and I, I, I lean toward liking the second one more, um, but it's by a nose. And I think it's um, it's because of my undying love for De Niro mm-hmm. and how great he is as the young Don Corleone. Yeah. However, you don't have Brando in the second movie. Right. So how do you replace one with the other? It's almost impossible. The both of them are just so epic. Um, I- I'm thrilled that they have them. And by mentioning the epic, if anyone out there can find it, Coppola made... The Godfather epic, which is movies one and two that he edited into chronological order. It's a six-hour movie, but I've had the privilege of being able to watch it, where you watch it from 1880s Italy until 1960s Nevada as it comes chronologically, and it's quite the way to experience The Godfather. I highly recommend it. Jerry Weiss, our movie guru, uh, a former writer for the Erie Times News, uh, now uh, an executive at the Second Harvest Food Bank, doing great work for people all around our region here. And Jerry, we just love picking your brain on this great uh, movie epic, uh, The Godfather, 50 years. And it, it's, it's remarkable how, I mean, I just did a simple Google search there's tons of articles this year mm-hmm. about the Godfather because everybody's like hearkening back, right? Yeah. And telling the old stories. And and so uh, let's go over this real quick if people are just tuning in. We've got the original Godfather, Marlon Brando, probably one of the greatest uh, actors ever. Al Pacino, uh, James Caan. Uh, you go go on. I mean, we've got Duvall. Duvall. Uh, you've got uh, Diane, Diane Keaton. Keaton. Is in it? That's not even on touching on the. A Vagoda plays Vigoda's Tessia. Even Vagoda's in it. Yeah. He took time out from doing Barney Miller <laughs> just to play Tessio. Yeah. And, and and some of and like we were saying earlier, some of the some of the folks that show up had connections to the families. There uh, the one of some of my reading this week has, has talked about how there was a there was a great uh, movement to not allow this movie to be made. They, you know, a lot of the folks in Italian American community did not like the book, um, and they they including Frank Sinatra saying, eh, you know, let's mm-hmm. not do this." But Al Ruddy, the producer, made some ties with uh, some of the some of the the movers and shakers in the community, and they were able to kind of come to some agreements here and. They ended up actually helping, and they had a private viewing of the of the release. They had their own premiere for for the uh, for the uh, the five families basically in <laughs> in, in New York. Um, it, 
I want to talk about some other favorite scenes. Part the one that really warms my heart. So Mike, so Michael has this. Michael has this. Um, this encounter, obviously, where where he deals with the the, sar- the police sergeant and uh, another another mobster, and he has to run to Sicily, and he and he is walking through Sicily, you know, fear in fear of his life, and he meets the love of his life, mm-hmm. Apollonia. Apollonia, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and it, it you know that you see you see kind of the stark uh, Sicilian. Landscape. It's I mean, beautiful. They, I mean, and, uh, and another wedding that Coppola gets to yeah. film. Yeah, and I think I think they wanted to try to not go to Sicily, and he insisted that they come with like a, a second unit camera and and go. Right. I mean, they just they just kind of did it. Yeah, and that's how Coppola rolled. You know, I mean, he rolled that way with Apocalypse. Now he mortgaged his houses Jeez. to make that movie and. Basically, there's a documentary about it where he thought it was going to be such a disaster. He was going to fake his own death and fall down a hill so he wouldn't have to complete the movie anymore. (laughs) There's a documentary his wife shot called Hearts of Darkness that I would recommend for people. But yeah, you know, that's how Coppola rolled. And that's why the movies are so great. They're Mm. so authentic. And you you talk about favorite scenes. My God, where do you even begin with Godfather? I've got a few. I mean, you know, the scenes with Pacino and uh, Fredo and John Cazal, you know, to me, those are, they're great because, you know, Pacino's the youngest brother and he becomes the Don. And Fredo was older than Pacino, but he wasn't, you know, you know, I'm not the smart one, you know. And, I can do things. You know, and he, you feel for Fredo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and the problem is that Fredo never gets how you know Pacino tells him never go against the family ever and Fredo does and you know he pays the ultimate price and there's mm-hmm. that scene you know where you know he gives him the kiss of death and tells him I knew it was you Fredo. I knew it was you you broke my heart you know and that's one of the to me the greatest scenes in any film ever because mm-hmm. uh, so much leads up to that moment um, what do you think about like the it, you, you almost look like you're lo- watching a newsreel. So, like in Godfather Two, they they show the uh, you know the Senate hearings or what have you, mm-hmm. and, and then also you know the takeover of Batista. Right. Uh, and I, I mean, it's like, did, is, what am I watching here? Is this real or is this fantasy? You know. And that was uh, you know th- the filmmakers they they had that way about them, whether it was. You know, Coppola and Oliver Stone had a similar style as well. Scorsese as well. You know, they made movies that did look like they came straight out of newsreels at the time. Um, it, it's it's fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love watching the movies. Uh, I love seeing how you can always find something, you know, a little different that you may have not caught the first time. Um, I love how... Sopranos and uh, Goodfellas, yeah. you know, entered the mix. You know, Goodfellas in 1990, you know, Sopranos roughly 10 years later, uh, both to become their own uh, Hall of Fame moments of pop, pop culture uh, with their storytelling. Sopranos is really very, and I don't know too much about it, but it's really a family story as well. It's exactly a family story. Um 
just more modern, you know, very much, you know, husband, wife, uh, son, daughter, uh, as well as, you know, mm. the mob side of it. And, you know, you have uh, Tony Soprano in his own battles with his own demons and mm. trying to work them out in therapy, which is yeah. a, a very fascinating uh, wrinkle that creator David Chase uh, did for the show. But I still believe without The Godfather, we don't have that. You know, without without Vito Corleone, do we have Tony Soprano? Yeah, I, I'd have I'd have to say no. Mm. Talk about the brutalness of or the cringeworthiness of some of the interpersonal relationships in The Godfather. So, I you know one of the things is uh, uh, you know dropping uh, Duvall, dropping the consigliere. Mm-hmm. You're you're not you're not a war consigliere. You're you out. Know, Tom. You're out, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's cringeworthy, you know, obviously, uh, you know, forsaking Fredo is is the ultimate. Um, but there but there's other elements there, you, you know, of the betrayal and of, uh, you know, Polly. I, I mean, gosh. Well, you have, you know, the 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 transformation that Pacino does for Michael Corleone is it's mesmerizing because early on. You know, he has that boyish look. You know, he comes home, he's the war hero, and he's young. And, you know, you flash forward to when he's telling Duval, you're out, you know, you're out, Tom. You know, there's no expression. His face is just this cold, icy, you know, it's just, it's just eyes, you know, and... um uh, Pacino is just remarkable. He's absolutely even, even lying to his wife, even lying to, uh, you know, about this and that. I mean, it's just it is it's a it's a coldness. It's a hardness. It's a coldness, you know, and it's so different than what Brando, his father, had, which was this so warmth, you know. And he he has the scene, you know, when he dies at the end. What is Brando doing in his last moments? He's, He's playing, playing with, with his, his grandson. grandson. So yeah. there's this warmth. That Brando's character has that Michael will never have. You know, he doesn't have it. And um, again, there's a Shakespearean. But if you go, if you go to movie number three, go to three, you you see all that remorse. You do, and it's too late. I know. (laughs) The regret. (laughs) I know. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. You know, it's the it's the regret. It's a, the great movies will go there. The great movies will Talk not. Talk about some elevated themes here, Jerry. It's it's what the great ones do, you know. De Niro and Raging Bull, you know, they go there. They go deep into the belly of the beast of Jake LaMotta's life. You know, Pacino does that. You know, pre scent of a woman, where basically he's the hoo ha guy in right. everything he yeah. does. Before that. His characters were so rich mm-hmm. in, you know, lost, broken souls. Um, that's well, he what, had that on stage with American Buffalo. He had, it, he had it on stage, yeah. you know, and he had it even later on when mm-hmm. he did Angels in America and he plays Roy Cohn, um, which is another epic piece of pop culture and another great Pacino performance, you know, which is why when you look at the names, Brando, De Niro, Pacino, just those three alone, you're talking about three of the greatest actors in film history, all encapsulated in Godfathers 1 and 2. 
Um, How do you think Coppola did it? Like, what was his genius with the actors? How did he get them to well, like, not not even their get them, but get them to the performance? Yeah, like, well, I or did I, he just let them go and be geniuses? Well, I know he worked a lot with uh, Brando. Him and okay. Brando had a lot of conversations off camera okay. about. You know, and they did this in Apocalypse Now as well. In fact, it's notorious in Apocalypse Now that Brando was paid a million dollars a week for three weeks, <laughs> and hours would go by with no filming, and Coppola and Brando were just talking about the character. Oh, my word. And again, you know, they worked very well together, and it shows on screen. De Niro, I just think you need to, you know, De Niro did his own homework, mm-hmm. plus he had Brando's performance in the first movie to go off of so when you have something you know tom hanks talks about in forrest gump that way you know he used the the child that played forrest gump early in the movie to base a lot of the language and mannerisms Mm. on what he did and uh you know pacino was just you know a diamond in the rough yeah you know he's like dustin hoffman who goes from doing volkswagen commercials to the graduate how does that happen? Right. It doesn't. It happens once every generation. You know, the great actors, they they come, but they, they, they don't come around a lot. The really, really great ones. So to have Brando, De Niro, Pacino, and especially De Niro and Pacino yeah. in their young prime in these movies, you'll never see that again. I'm, a, I'm, I'm amazed, too, at... That the that the that the studio didn't ruin it because yeah. it wasn't like Coppola had a whole lot of gravitas no. in the industry, right? I mean, I know. How did he get away with it? He, it just must have been the the power in and maybe just enough uh, uh, from the from pr- the producer to protect him. Yeah, they would have ruined it today. Yeah, like <laughs> right? today. They would have ruined, yeah. How many focus groups would have uh, evaluated right. the uh, the Godfather today? Yeah, who would have been who would have been <laughs> Vito Corleone? You know, today I would hate to, the Rock. The Rock would have been and no and right nothing. We love the, the rock. rock. We love the Rock, but you know I can't see you know the Rock petting a cat. Actually, I probably could. You know, maybe we we can. You know, we might have a thing here. We could get the Rock to do a new updated version of the Godfather, and it probably would make a lot of money. It would probably make a lot of money. Some of my reading is uh, showed that uh, the actual gangsters didn't really know how to act and then they watched the godfather and they started taking like started dressing better that's great and and uh you know kind of doing some of the baba booms you know like like a james con or a or afraid of might do that's great it's crazy yeah we've lo- you know it's it's interesting only recently we've lost a lot of the great actors in those mob classics mm-hmm. james con recently passed Paul Sorvino from uh, oh, yeah. Goodfellas mm-hmm. recently passed. Um, oh, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta recently passed. Uh, one of the guys from The Sopranos. Um, Garofino or no? Or, one of the guys mm-hmm. uh, played one of the uh, Paulie okay. recently passed to yeah. the point where it makes you wonder, like you know, God must like be planning like a really good mob movie, <laughs> you know, coming up because wow. he took some of the great ones. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, Ray Liotta had to beg for that role mm-hmm. to be in Goodfellas. He he actually yeah, he was a young one. He was a young he, one, yeah. and he said he stalked Scorsese. <laughs> uh, he he sure. said, "Please, 
look me up in from something wild and uh, field of dreams, please, I, I, I can do this role. Wow. And it ended up being the role of a lifetime mm. for him, uh, not as much for De Niro, but certainly for him and definitely for Joe Pesci. Where do you think the the legacy of The Godfather goes from here on out? I mean, is it is it because I, I, I mean, we were talking off air about Citizen Kane. Yeah. You know, 1939 supposed to be the greatest movie year of all time with, you know, The Wizard of Oz and Gone, and with, all, the and Gone with the Wind and all that. Right. I'm not sure they hold up like this one has. Probably not. So I guess the question is, is 50 years from now, will there be a version of you and I talking about Godfather at 100? I would like to think so. Um, it's hard to tell, you know, these days yeah. what the pop culture cycle will have for anything. It mm -hmm. seems like shelf life for things are, are much less these days, you know, mm -hmm. the... Uh, you know, everything has come and gone, you know. Have you seen anything in the last 10 years that can even rival some of the strengths of, like, a movie Filmmaking? like The Godfather? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I do want to say about four or five years ago, the foreign film uh, Parasite, oh, really? which came out, yeah. uh, has nothing to do with mob, but has everything to do with talking about family, culture, class. That's one of the better movies that I've seen in the last five years. But talking about to rival what The Godfather brings in terms of scope, in terms of decades-long story, I mean, you're talking, what, where does The Godfather begin? Late 1880s? Where did, yeah. it, it ends up 60, 80-plus years later? That's some hard st storytelling to do, and to do it at an A-plus level... I don't know if we'll see that again, but I, I don't know if people want to necessarily do those kind of uh, projects anymore. You know, the the three-hour movie, mm. the three-hour movie sequel, you know, I, I don't know if people have the attention span for it anymore. You know, I mean, they, they might if it's like on, you know, Facebook, you know, they right. might want to see something, but it would have to be a meme. So yeah. maybe if there's like a Godfather meme people will uh, get into that but you know Spielberg said he thought you know in his remake of West Side Story he thought that West Side Story should be remade every 20 to 30 years do you think that a remake a, a, a new storytelling of of a family of an epic family could be in the cards yes and I think they should I don't think they should remake necessarily the Godfather but do you remake a story like that where the Sopranos kind of did mm -hmm. or could you take an entirely different family and remake it in a way that Netflix did with Ozark where there's a family unit um, it it has a crime element um, there are a lot of interesting side characters um, that does bring a family crime thing but it it's it, it's still it's not a Godfather kind of thing right. But it's, it's kind of a newer version of, all right, how do we take a family and how do we bring crime around them and how do we see where the cards fall hmm. for them? You know, the, the family in Ozark, that was kind of brought upon them where the family and the Godfather, they all knew what they were part of from the jump. So it's a different kind of beast. But I'd, I'd like to see it. I'd like to Little see Vito it. Little Vito learned very early in life. Little Vito learned... <laughs> 
He learned. <laughs> he, he learned, learned well. <laughs> he learned well. We have to leave it there. Jerry Weiss, our movie guru. Will you come back for the Oscars? I would love to. Let's do it. I, I'm going to hold you to it. You'll make, make you an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> that was maybe my worst Brando. I'll do a better one for you come Oscar time. Sounds good, Jerry. Okay. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.